0: This is Anchor LA, a podcast presenting world headlines, technology news, arts and data, and encouragement from the Praise Light Media Studios in Panorama City, California. Good day, it's Wednesday, the 7th of February, 2018. Two people were killed and nearly 150 people were injured after a 6.4 magnitude earthquake struck on Tuesday near the coast of Taiwan, leaving several people trapped under the rubble of toppled buildings, according to local reports and postings on social media. Preliminary information stated that the quake was about six miles deep, Another 5.1 magnitude tremor was felt shortly after. Dramatic photos of damage after the quake showed the Marshall Hotel in Hualien partially collapsed according to the Taiwan Observer. Rescue teams were responding to the area and people were believed to be trapped in the hotel. This according to the Associated Press and Fox News which went on to state that Taiwan is located along the famed Pacific Ring of Fire known for seismic activity from Alaska to Southeast Asia. Entrepreneur Elon Musk has sought his Tesla Roadster into space on Tuesday marking the successful launch of the world's most powerful rocket. His company SpaceX claims to be committed to a strategy of reusing rocket boosters to lower the cost of space flight, although this was its first attempt to land three boosters in the same launch. Shortly after launch, Elon Musk tweeted footage from the car looking out the windshield at an already distant Earth. The rocket is designed to deliver a maximum payload to low Earth orbit of 64 tons, the equivalent of putting five London double-decker buses in space. This, according to the BBC, which also wrote that such performance is slightly more than double that of the world's next most powerful rocket, the Delta IV Heavy, but at one-third of the cost, according to Mr. Musk. For this experimental and uncertain mission, however, he decided on a much smaller and whimsical payload, his old cherry red Tesla sports car. Less than seven hours after liftoff, the Tesla and its mannequin passenger were dispatched into an elliptical orbit around the sun that reaches out as far as the planet Mars. In 1553, King Edward VI of England died at the young age of only 16, leaving a sudden vacancy and uncertainty in the English throne. Taking advantage of strong popular support, the staunch Catholic, Mary Tudor, Henry VIII's firstborn, swiftly gathered her forces to claim her rights to the crown. Simultaneously, the will of the former king was to ensure a Protestant legacy, so he had named his cousin, Lady Jane Grey, to be crowned Queen, which was done directly following his death against her will, as she had no wish to carry the title. Supporters of the new Queen Jane attempted to capture Mary Tudor, who was rallying support elsewhere. However, in a matter of days, it was evident that Mary had rallied overwhelming support for her cause, and subsequently Queen Jane's government threw their support behind Mary and Jane was declared a usurper. Jane had ruled England for less than two weeks, during one of the most turbulent times of its history. Jane was then arrested, confined to a section of the Tower of London, tried and found guilty of treason. Initially, Mary seemed bent on showing mercy. That was until Jane's father was caught as part of a conspiracy to overthrow the government. At that point, Jane became too great a risk to Mary's reign. As long as she was alive, someone could try to free her and set her up again as queen. Her death sentence was then sealed. Author Simonetta Carr says this of Jane Grey, We know relatively little of Jane's life until Edward's death and the enactment of his will, but she emerges as a typical teenager from the few documents available. Her early letters reflect a simple desire to move away from home, and a pleasing demonstration of literary skill. Strangely, it's in this ordinariness that we find the greatest encouragement for ourselves when this very normal young girl had to face sudden humiliation, imprisonment, and eventually death. The scriptures and the theology that she had consistently and almost inconspicuously learned day after day as a young girl, mostly in church, school, and family devotions, took prominence in her life, Fox's Book of Martyrs relates a fascinating story between Jane Grey and a doctor of the Catholic tradition, Master Feckenham. Feckenham had been sent by the now Queen Mary to the Tower of London in an attempt to convert her cousin to Catholicism. And with that, we transition into our next segment with the conversation that followed. Fox's Book of Martyrs and History relates a fascinating story between Jane Gray and a doctor of the Catholic tradition, Master Fecanum. With the wording adjusted for understanding in today's English, the Catholic Fecanum claims to Jane that it is necessary to salvation to do good works, and it is not sufficient only to believe. To which the recently deposed Queen Jane replies, I deny that and I affirm that faith only saves. But it is proper that a Christian follows his master, Christ, to do good works. Yet may we not say that they profit our salvation, for when we have done all works, we are still unprofitable servants, and faith only in Christ's blood saves us. Faganum disagrees to this, and subsequently grills her on the number of church sacraments. Jane replies that there are only two sacraments, the one sacrament of baptism, and the other the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. Feckenham retorts, no, there are seven. Jane then questions, by what scripture do you find that? Feckenham seemingly stumbles and says, well, we will talk of that hereafter, but what is signified by your two sacraments? Jane then goes on to biblically explain baptism and communion and defends corruptions of them that had been set in place by the Catholic Church. The story continues and a quick search for Lady Jane Grey and Fox's Book of Martyrs will come up with the rest of the text. Simonetta Carr continues with her thoughts on the story of Lady Jane Grey when she relates a letter written by Jane to her younger sister Catherine. Desire, sister, she wrote, to understand the law of the Lord your God, live to die that by death you may enter into eternal life, and then enjoy the life that Christ has gained for you by his death. Don't think that just because you are now young, your life will be long, because the young and the old die as God wills. Deny the world, defy the devil, despise the flesh, and delight yourself only in the Lord. Repent of your sins, and yet don't despair. Be strong in faith, and yet don't presume. With St. Paul, desire to die and be with Christ, with whom, even in death, there is life. Any effective teacher of the Gospel must do more than just dispense facts of the Gospel. We must warn, we must exhort and explain the invitation of the Gospel as laid out in Scripture. We may have impressive knowledge of the truth, but if we don't have a loving concern for how people react to it, our representation of Christ is lacking in very key aspects. Jesus had that kind of compassion. Despite the rejection of his own people, he ached for their salvation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together, the way a hen ushers her chicks under her wings, and you were unwilling. That's in Matthew 23. Paul had similar compassion. I have great sorrow, he writes in Romans 9, An unceasing grief in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were accursed, separated from Christ for the sake of my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh." A true teacher is interested in more than just academics. He is concerned that people respond rightly to what is taught. Just as the writer of Hebrews had to warn and exhort his readers at times, it becomes necessary for us to warn those we are proclaiming the gospel to. If we want to see unbelieving friends and relatives or associates come to Christ, we must warn them. We must let them see the passion in our hearts and our love for them. May we strive not to allow anyone to slip into eternal destruction without being warned sufficiently. And may we ask God to give us wisdom regarding when to warn the people that we are witnessing too. Greetings to you, Anchor LA News and Info. This is Bible Learning Cup. I'm just stopping by to say hi. Lord bless you. Coming by your studio over here and uh, to tell you I enjoy your content. I know I believe it's you've reduced. I think it's once a week now, but I always enjoy the scriptural portion or the biblical narratives towards the end of your show. And uh, I want to wish you every success and encouragement for this. the Anchor platform. Maybe changing a little bit. What do we know? But I appreciate the, the work you're doing for the kingdom. Lord be with you and bye for now. Thanks for listening to Anchor L.A. on Twitter at Anchor L.A. Podcast and Facebook.com slash Anchor L.A., where you can find links and information to various topics we cover on the show. Contact us anytime with questions or comments or call into our show directly on the Anchor app with input or suggestions. We'd always love to hear from you. Until next time, from Panorama City, California, I'm Ben Ditzel. This is Anchor L.A.